Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these guys and their service. And we just lift each and every one of them up there families or loved ones we just lift up each individual situation the things they've been through the things they're going through and the things that are ahead of them lord uh, you know each and every one of them by name you know the very hairs on our head and you know our thoughts before we think them so lord i just ask that you would just speak to each and every one of our hearts and and just do what you want to do in our lives tonight, that you would be glorified, that you would speak through me, Lord. Just get me out of the way, Lord. It's not about me, it's not about us, but it's about you. And so, Father, we just ask that you would be the one that we all look to tonight and pray that if there's some here that don't know you, Lord, that they would come to know you tonight and trust in you as Lord and Savior. And those that are here maybe are struggling or have stepped off and uh, need to come back, Lord. I just pray that you would uh, draw them back to you and encourage them tonight. And Lord, we just ask for those that are hanging in there and hanging on to God right this minute, Lord, that you would just give them that extra comfort tonight to help them remember that it's all going to be worth it when we see Jesus. And just do that in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles with you tonight, we're going to look, whether it's an electronic or a paper copy, uh, I guess I could have brought some, I don't know if y'all have paper copies, I've got some that the guys gave me, I don't know if they give y'all ones. We're going to be looking at the book of 1 John tonight, it's uh, right near the end of the Bible, it's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then you got Jude, and then Revelation, and so it's right near the end of the Bible, and it's a book about knowing whether you're truly saved or not. 1 John 5.13 says, These things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. Some people say, well, you can't know whether you're going to heaven for sure. And some people say, well, you're arrogant and get mad with you because you think that you're somebody because you say you're going to heaven but it's, it, it, as I prayed a minute ago, it's not about me, but it's about what he did. He's the one that died in our place. He's the one that died for our sins. He's the one that did everything that was necessary for us to go to heaven. And when we put our trust in him, the Bible says, he who believes has everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes has everlasting or eternal life, right? So how long is eternal life? It's forever, right? So he said he doesn't say we'll have. And so uh, I don't know if anybody's ever explained this to you, but eternal life starts the moment you trust Jesus Christ. It's not just going to heaven, but it's right here, right now. He says, this is eternal life that you may know the true God in Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's, I think, John 17 something, maybe three, something like that. But he, he says, knowing God and Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is God, right? 
So those are the things that make us a Christian. Trusting in him, believing in him. It's by faith you're saved through grace. It's the gift of God, not a works list anyone should boast. So it's all about faith. It's all about trust. It's all about believing. And when we believe and trust, what happens is we try programs. We try do all these things to change our behaviors on the outside. But until we change the inside, we can never really truly change. And what changes us on the inside is Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all the old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new, right? So the old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. So in other words, the old things are still there as far as, you know, our body remembers and all those things, and sometimes we fall back into them, but God has given us a new want to, a new desire, a new ability, a new power, a new Savior, a new everything, attitude, and and and. We can live for Christ. You know, I said before, when you dig the, when you cut the flap, cut the top off of a dandelion, all you're gonna get is more dandelions, and it's gonna pop up with two the next time, right? Until you dig that whole root up, you're not gonna get rid of it. And it's the same with salvation. When salvation occurs, then you can change because God puts his spirit inside of us and he gives us a power and a want to and ability. Like I said, I've known guys and he said, one guy said I spent $40,000 on you know, treatment program walk out, as soon as I walk out I'm getting high again, right? But he says once I trusted Christ he said I realized that I could get more out of life. He said get higher off of Jesus than off of drugs. But, but loving Jesus is more fun than loving drugs. It's true. It really is true. And I don't know if you know that or not. But John writes this book and, and he writes it and he says, if it's new, it's not true. He's not talking about science. He's not talking about anything else. But he says to things which we've heard from the beginning, John 1, 1 John 1, 1, the things which we've heard from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. He says, your hands have handled concerning the word of life. This life was manifest and we've seen and, and, and we declare to you and bear witness that eternal life which was with the Father and with the Son, it was manifested to us. And so he says, don't believe the new things. If it's about religion, if it's about the Bible, Listen, if they haven't discovered it in 2,000, 4,000 plus years, it's not there. We look at the Bible and we read it literally and we read it for what it says just like we would any book. And God, as we read it, will show us his truth and open up the word to us. It's just like any other book. You read it and, and if you know, as you read it, you begin to understand it. But see, these people were teaching that that uh, Jesus wasn't really God. He was a spirit or the flesh was evil and, and, and spirit was good. And so it didn't matter how you lived. You could do anything you wanted to and still go to heaven. Because, you know, it, there were two groups. One said, just completely deny your body. Don't let it have any pleasure, any fun. 
And the other one said, if it feels good, do it. Now, we know which group was more popular, right? To feel good, uh, if it feels good, do it group. And so John begins to talk about these, these people that say that they know the Lord. And they say they haven't sinned or they don't know what sin is or they used to do that, but they don't do that anymore. And John says, look, if you don't say that you've sinned or sinned in your life somewhere along the line, you're a liar and you make God a liar. And then he goes on and he begins to talk about all these tests, these tests of believing who the real Jesus is. It's a biblical Jesus. You can believe all the Jesuses you want to, but if it's not the Jesus of the Bible, it's not the right Jesus and it's not going to get you into heaven. And so a lot of people say, well, my Jesus is, my Jesus that. And, and, and it, you can't find that Jesus in the Bible because he's not there. Because he's not the real Jesus. And so Jesus is God in human flesh, as John said in John 1.14. And so he begins to talk about these tests, the test of love, the test of obedience, and the test of truth. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about the Bible? Are you obeying the word of God? And are you loving people, especially the brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he keeps cycling around on these three tests. And so he starts out talking about these tests. He says it's an old command, but it's a new command because it's new because Jesus said he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. We ought to always love, right? And then he talks about these spiritual growth, this spiritual growth, and he talks about that, and he talks about the levels of spiritual maturity, children and young men and adults, these fathers that, that know the Word of God and are growing and, and winning the victories most of the time. The, ch the children just know God, and the young men are winning the battles because they're learning the Word of God and they're putting it up here. I don't know if you know that, but... David said, I have hidden thy word in my heart that I might what? Not sin against you. We need to have the word of God in our hearts. And so we've talked about how there was an antichrist coming. These, these people that are against Christ. And every day we see more and more people saying they're against Christ. And they don't want anything to do with Christianity or religion or anything else. And and that he, these people, if they deny that Jesus is the Christ, they're not from God. And so he goes on and talks about the truth abiding in you and, and trusting in Christ and following him and loving the brothers. And, and if you don't love your brother, you're in darkness. In other words, you're not a believer. And so we've gotten all those things and he talks about the test of loving the world. We talked about that a couple of times ago about don't love the world or the things in the world. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy the world. You can't enjoy the things in the world, the creation and the beauty and all the things, the birds or whatever. But he's talking about the world system of evil and drugs and alcohol and, you know, lies and all kinds of theft and all kinds of things that are against God. That's what he says don't love because if you love that more than you love God, you're not going to make it to heaven because that proves that you've not truly trusted Christ. And so let's look at verses, chapter 2, verse 28 to 3, chapter 3, verse 3 today. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 to 3, verse 3. 
And he says, and now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So he kind of hangs his hat on doing what's right, disobedience on the fact that Jesus is coming back one day. I don't know if you remember the story about the, about the ten virgins and five of them had oil in their lamps which spoke of the fact that they were saved and five of them didn't and they try to go get it at, when the bridegroom's coming which is Jesus. But you know what? You can't wait till Jesus is coming back to go get right with God. If you're in the midst of sin when Jesus comes back, it's not be good if you're a believer, you know. You can never lose your salvation. And that's one of the things that you just lose rewards. So let's talk about that. So chapter 2, verse 28 to 3, verse 3, talk about that test of obedience. But they also deal with our motivation for living rightly, the rapture. And says here those who anticipate the rapture will meet the Lord with an attitude of courage They're, the reason for this courage is their walk with him in time they are confident of their fellowship with him so there's four things we want to see tonight and if you don't remember anything else just remember those that know God are born of him they belong to him they behave like him and they become like him they're born of him they belong to him, they behave like him, and they become like him. So if you're a true Christian, that's going to be true of you. You're born of him. And so we start out by saying, first of all, and he says, Now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He's already talked a little bit about the uh, second coming here and he's talked about that that Jesus is coming back one day we talked about that I think a little bit last time that one day Jesus is coming back and I don't know if you realize it but there's nothing left for Jesus to come back now when he comes back it's going to be for his church it's going to be for the people who know the Lord it's what we call the rapture 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says that there'll be a trump, a shout, the voice of an archangel, and, and the dead in Christ will rise to meet him in the air, and then we who are alive and remain will rise to meet him, and so shall we ever be. And so Jesus, one day he's going to be in the air, and he's gonna, there's going to be a shout, and the voice, and the, vo and the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and the voice of an archangel, and those who know Christ, the dead first in the graves are going to come out. Then those who are alive are going to come out. But you know what? Some of the people, you know, you might think that's crazy, but think about some of the people believe the stuff that people believe, and they don't even have the proof for it, right? 
But if you go look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and you go look at this whole Bible, you'll see that it all centers around Jesus. And there were 40 different authors and this was written over about 15 to 1600 different years over a period of time. And the whole theme of the Bible is one thing. Can you get two people in one room to agree on anything hardly? <laughs> no. But here you've got all these people from all these different countries and all these different origins and they all agree on one thing, that Jesus is God and he's coming again one day. And so here we are. And, and But people I saw today, they found this... Uh, Mammoth, and they said it was 30,000 years old. It was a baby mammoth, and it was perfectly preserved. And so it's 30,000 years old, and, uh, and the mammoths lived 140,000 years ago. But if you read the Bible, the Bible says somewhere between six to 10,000 years ago, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. And people want to believe what they want to believe. I guess my question is, is, We've got a history book here that's a Bible that tells us it all. But was anybody there millions and billions of years ago? But they use these tests and they say, well, billions of years ago, millions of years ago, and we do these tests, but how do they know those tests are accurate? Because nobody was there to know when that happened, right? <laughs> if you could scientifically observe it, then you could prove it. So anyway, bottom line is here, he says, when he appears we may have confidence and may and not be ashamed before him at his coming and so how, why, why do we have this confidence because he is he who is righteous if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him so the bible says everyone who practices righteousness now notice it says practice we never get it right on this side of heaven. You know, sometimes people think Christians are supposed to be perfect, right? I'm forgiven, and I'm by no means perfect. And no Christian ever has been. Even Apostle Paul, when he had been a Christian for about 30 years, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, he said, I have not arrived, I have not made it, I have not attained, but I press on towards the goal, towards the prize, for the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And if the great apostle Paul hadn't arrived, hadn't made it, wasn't perfected, then guess what? The rest of us are a long way away from that too. And so he says we practice righteousness. Now, you got to contrast that with what? Practicing sin, right? Because what do people do every day that live for the world? They practice sin, right? Every day they go out and do the same old things, right? You live for the weekend. You live for, live for that drink. You live for that high. You live for that whatever. And you live for that time that you can escape from the world into things that are bothering you. And if you know Jesus Christ, the difference is when you know Christ, those things are there. Jesus said in John 16, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And then he tells us over here in 1 John chapter 5, who is an overcomer? It is he that believes that Jesus is the Christ. So if we want to overcome the world and we want to 
be able to live in this world and, and have peace and joy and abundant life in spite of trouble, we need to trust Jesus Christ. So those are born of him. And he says, if, you're, if you know that he is righteous, and you could really translate that, since you know he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. And over and over and over, the Bible talks about being born of God. He said to John and uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said what? You must be what? Born again, right? You must be born again. The only way you could know somebody's truly a Christian is because of what they practice, right? They practice righteousness. They don't do it perfectly. None of us do. If you look at somebody's life and they say that they're a, uh, let's, I don't know, let's see, a, a chemical engineer or something, you know, or an engineer of some kind. I don't know what you call it, or a, let's just say a helicopter pilot. You put him in there and he says, well, I can't fly this thing. Is he a helicopter pilot? No. Put him in a jet and say, oh, can you fly it? No. Thought you said you was a jet pilot. I got a driver's license. Which one's the gas? Which one's the brake? I live over here at so-and-so, such-and-such address. Uh, you do? How do you get there? I don't know. Do you live there? No. So, you know, it's, it's what is reality. So you're practicing righteousness. In other words, you practice doing what's right. And that's the question. Is that the pattern of your life? The old saying, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk, right? Do I live what I say and like I said none of us it's not about perfection but it's about what direction right is that what I want to do because before I was saved what did I want to do I wanted to go hang out in the bars all the time I wanted to go chase women I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do and I didn't want nobody to tell me I couldn't do it right but once I got saved God changed my want to's and I wanted to go to church. And I wanted to be with the people of God. And I wanted to do what was right. And I wanted to read my Bible. And I didn't always do it perfectly. And I still don't today. But that's what we're looking at. So we can have confidence that when he appears because of the way we live. See, John's not writing to, to make people doubt whether they're going to heaven or not. But what he's trying to do is if people are believers, he wants them to know, hey, just keep on doing what you're doing and keep practicing righteousness, keep loving, keep obeying, keep trusting in that truth and, and you're going to make it because you have trusted in Christ. You know, John, God said in Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews, Romans 8, the whole chapter basically from 31 to 39 says nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And he names all these things. And somebody once said, if you could, if you could tell me something that's not named there, I'll give you a million dollars. But there's nothing not named there. Height or depth or things above or things below or spiritual powers or demons or whatever it is he says nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus and so we practice righteousness and he says and look in chapter 3 here he says behold 
You know what that word is? I mean, I've never been to one of those things, but, you know, sometimes you see them on TV and these people got these beautiful paintings or a statue or maybe it's a beautiful car. They've just designed this nice car and, and everybody's seeing it for the first time and they, they got it up under this nice fancy cover and, and they stand there and they say, all right, everybody ready? And you go, behold, check it out. Can you imagine what kind of great love the Father has for us? Can you, th can you imagine that, that we should be called children of God? Think about that, guys. That God wants to be our Father. If He's not already your Father, He wants to be your spiritual Father, your heavenly Father. And the question is, is do you want Him to be your Father? <laughs> do you want Him to be the one who loves you and cares for you? And tells you when you're doing wrong and tells you when you're doing right and, and loves you no matter what. Just think about this love. See, a lot of times we have this performance-based love. You know, the, the old song says, what have you done for me lately? You know, and, it, and, it, and I love you if you do this for me. Or you've done that. Or you will do this. I will love you, right? But... You know, God, once you trust in him and believe in him and follow him, you know what? He loves us no matter if we had a really bad day and we just fail miserably, right? I watch some of these parents sometimes with their kids on the basketball court or the football court or whatever it is, you know, and, and if they didn't do all these things and, and the kid did all these amazing things or maybe they got B's on their report card or C's or whatever but whatever it is and they did good but you know they didn't get up here instead they didn't get a B or an A or they didn't get four field goals instead of two or they didn't hit two home runs didn't hit a get four base hits instead of two then the kids trash, you know. Well, you, you should have got that one. You should have caught that one. You should have done this. You should have done that. God's not up there doing that to us, guys. He's not up there beating up on us going, you know, Marty, man, you, you just really messed up today. I don't love you anymore today because you know what? You just messed up. He doesn't treat us like that. But that's the kind of love that a lot of people think about God. But God... The moment we trusted in him, he loves us as much now or when we're having a bad day as, it, as he does when we have our best day of following him and trusting him and doing the things we're supposed to do. He loves us the same all the time, guys. He loves us all the time. We need to follow him. We need to trust him. We need to do what's right. But when we mess up, you know what? He's not up there kicking us. Usually we're kicking ourselves if we're truly Christians. We're going, you know what? I should have done better, right? I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And that's if we deliberately did something, you know? And sometimes we fall and fail because we weren't prepared. We weren't ready, you know, like Peter, you know, Jesus told him, warned him, said, Peter, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. He said, no. He said, no, everybody else. And, and they kill me. I don't care. You know, I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to do anything. And Jesus said, yeah, you are. And he's scared of a little slave girl. And he slaved somebody else. And he, he just denied Jesus three times, right? 
Why didn't he do it? Because he was, instead of praying, he was sleeping. He wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. And he had reason to kick himself. But what did Jesus do when, when he came back to him? He came back and he said, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, do you love me like, you know, the highest form of love? It's the agape, the unconditional love. And Peter done failed. He didn't even want to do that. He says, you know I you know I love you, but he wouldn't use the word agape. He said, I love you like with a brotherly love, right? And Jesus asked him again a second time. He said, do you love me unconditionally? He said, he, he, he still couldn't rise up. And he said, you know I brotherly love you. And then he asked him a third time. And Jesus came down to his level and says, Peter, do you have that brotherly love for me? And Peter said, Jesus, you know all things you know that I love you. So he came down to his level. And that's what he does with us. He comes down to where we are at. You know, if you've walked off from Jesus, he's just one step away. He's one step, He's right there waiting on you to turn around and come back. That's all he's waiting on. If you don't know him, he's one step away too. Trust him and turn around and say, Oh God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me and save me and change me. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.